Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Well, continuing our, continuing our series called The Voice, Hearing the Voice of God, I want to just continue that uh, quickly tonight because I want to create some room for us to be able to put the Word of God into practice tonight. This I am absolutely convinced of. God wants to speak to you as He wants to speak to me. He wants to speak to us as a church, but He also wants to speak to you as a person. He wants to speak to us collectively, but He wants to speak to us also individually. Right throughout the Scriptures, we will see these words, God said in Genesis chapter 1, in the very first chapter of the book called the Bible, we see these words, God said, let there be. And guess what? There was. When God speaks, things happen. It says, on the first day, let there be light and there was light. And on six days, He created with His Word. Words create worlds. I want you to know that. And God wants you to shape your world according to His Word. And if we're going to have our world shaped according to His Word, we need to know what His Word says and we need to have an ear to hear what His Word says about us. Amen? Communication is a two-way street. In other words, it's not just one person speaking. It's actually someone responding to what is being spoken. And I believe herein lies the key to hearing the voice of God. It's us responding to Him when He speaks. And not only responding, but responding in the best possible way. And that's what week one was really all about. We looked at the parable of the seed and the soil. And Jesus was an incredible, uh, uh, had an incredible ability to exegete the culture in which he lived. And because he was speaking to a farming community, he spoke about the Word of God being like seed and the soil being like the condition of our heart. And depending on where that seed fell, depended on what happened to that seed. When it landed on the hard ground, the hard, narrow path, it was never going to germinate. Some people are very hard and narrow in their minds and in their thinkings. They have a hardness of heart. They have a narrowness of mind. And to think that we're going to truly hear God's Word the way it's intended to be received when your heart is hard and your mind is narrow is never going to happen the way God intended it. But it says the seed that fell on the good soil germinated and produced a crop 30, 60, 100 fold. Who wants to produce a crop 30, 60, 100 fold? I, I know I do. I don't want to waste my time and I don't want to waste my life. And so please feel free to have a listen to week number one and be blessed by that. I trust you'll get something out of that. But today, we want to hear not just, uh, we want to talk about not just hearing the voice of God, but whether or not the voice you hear is actually from God. Some of you might say, Tony, I hear voices all the time. How many feel like they've got a lot of voices in their head, even now? You're like, some of you are like, oh, did I leave the iron on? I'm not talking to the men because you never use an iron. But, but you might say, oh, yeah, have you ever left the house? You think, oh my gosh, did I leave the oven on? Did I leave the lights on? Did I leave the heater on? If you left the heater on, well done you. Because you go home to a nice warm house. But, but all these things play in our minds. And, and how many, if you're honest, it's like, I find it hard to shut the voices up. 
And I believe that's why week one was so important. We've got to still our minds. The Bible says, be still and know. If we want to know the voice of God, if we want to get to know Him, we've got to be still to silence all those other voices. But today I want to look at determining what truly is the voice of God. Because it's, in, it's important to discern when God is speaking, because if we don't get it right, it can be fatal. In Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12, it says, there is a way that appears right, but in the end it leads to death. You know, a lot of evil gets blamed on God when people say, that God told me to do this. When God may not have been in that at all. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, it says this, Dear friends, I love that. And I want that to be the tone of my heart here tonight. It's dear friends. Come on, we want to hear the voice of God. Then, then come on, dear friends, let's not kid ourselves. Let, let's open our hearts up to see what the Word of God has to say when it comes to not only hearing the voice of God, but discerning what truly is the voice of God. It says, dear friends, do not believe every spirit. What? Do you mean there's more than one spirit? Yes. But test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. The word of God, according to scripture, needs to be tested. And we want to, over the next two weeks, look at seven tests to determine if what we heard actually came from God. Because it's possible one minute you can have a good idea, oh sorry, a God idea, and the next minute you can have a devilish idea. How many of you have ever, ever had like, you say, I, I genuinely heard God and in the next hour, the next minute or so, you have another thought, hang on, I don't know if that was God. And you think, how is it that I can hear the voice of God, but I can also hear all these other voices? In actual fact, there is indeed the voice of God that we will hear. There is the voice of the enemy that we'll hear. There's also our own voice, our own thoughts that we'll hear. And then we'll hear the voice of everyone else's opinion. So there's always going to be a lot of opinions and a lot of voices out there. And we need to know which one is from God. In Matthew chapter 16, there's this beautiful moment where Jesus asks this question of His 12 disciples. And He says, who do the people say that I am? And they all had an opinion about that. But then Jesus made it more personal and He said, who do you say that I am? And it went quiet. And this moment is why I love Peter. Peter is one of the 12 disciples and Peter says, you're the Christ. You're the Son of the living God. You're the one that's been prophesied about. And the response from Jesus is, He says, well done, Peter. This was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. In other words, you've heard from God. This is a voice from heaven. You heard from God. You've heard correctly. I don't know about you, but can you imagine just for a moment how Peter must have been feeling in that moment. Like, wow, boys, did you hear that? And because of this revelation, Jesus went on to say, hey, these guys call you Simon, but I'm going to call you Peter. Because you know who my Father in heaven is, 
I'm going to give you an identity change. You're going to know who you are. And as a result of knowing who you are, you're going to know what you've been called to do. You're going to build my church. And Peter's like, wow, this revelation thing is amazing. Hearing the voice of God is awesome. And the other disciples just looking on. And Peter, I, I, I love Peter. And I can just imagine him saying, guys, did you hear that? The voice of God. And in the very same chapter, just a few verses later, Jesus starts talking about the horrific death that He was going to have to suffer. And Peter, on a high from being the voice of God guy, the revelation guy, thinks, you know, I'm going to speak up again. And so Peter says, Jesus, that will never happen to you. Not on my watch. You will never die. And Jesus looks at Peter and says, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> In the one chapter, Peter's having this incredible revelation from heaven and then having this, this, this Peter thought that you're not going to die. I don't want you to die. I don't want you going anywhere. And so Peter goes from being known as Simon to Peter and from Peter to Satan. I mean, it's just like, boom, it's just... And so if you've ever felt a little bit like that, spare a thought for Peter. But these things are in the Word of God for us to learn from. You can have a godly thought. You can have a devilish thought. And you can just have a good thought. But we want to know what God is saying to us. Does that make sense? So how do we actually know if we're hearing from the voice of God? We want to look at seven ways to test what we've heard. And these seven tests all need to be passed. In other words, you can't just pick and choose. You can't say, well, I got three out of the seven. That's not bad. These seven things are are, are things that I've wanted to line up in my life so that I can say truly, I've heard from God. And I believe if you've truly heard from God, that voice can handle every one of these tests. And if you get six out of seven, that may sound good. I would say it's not good enough. We need to make sure that this word that we are hearing lines up with these seven tests. We've got to test the spirits according to Scriptures. So here's seven questions to ask yourself. We're going to look at three tonight very quickly. And then we're going to get our team, get four different people next week to talk about an area that's helped them hear the voice of God. How's that sound? So it's going to be a real team effort with this particular preach. And so number one is simply this. When it comes to, is it from God? The first one is, does it agree with the Bible? Simple, I know, but profound nonetheless. Does it line up with what God already says? In Luke chapter 21, verse 33, it says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Uh, That's a profound statement. Heaven and earth will pass away. This building will pass away. Our bodies as we know it will pass away. But the one thing that will remain all time and eternity is the Word of God. The Word of God is not going to change because of our thoughts or our feelings. Do you know there is a time in human history where people believed the world was flat? And it was then later, many years later, they discovered it was round. But, but here's the point. While people believed it was flat, it was always still round. Just because people didn't know it, just because people didn't believe it, didn't change the shape of the world. 
It was always round. We just didn't believe it. But know this, our belief didn't change the fact that it was always round. When I was a young teenager growing up in church, we used to have this saying, if God said it, I believe it. And that settles it. And I do believe there is a truth to that. But there's also a greater truth to that. The fact is, if God said, said it, I don't have to believe it. It's settled. If God said it, that settles it. It doesn't really matter what I believe. Are you with me today? My belief doesn't change the Word of God. You don't have to believe the Word of God is true, but it doesn't change the fact that God's Word is true and it will not change because of our thoughts, feelings or belief systems. God is not a man that He should lie, the Bible says. And so when God speaks, He speaks truth. And so when it comes to hearing the voice of God and not hearing the voice of God, I think we can line up a lot of it with just, what does the Bible say? So if you had a business idea or someone came to you with an idea to join them as a partner, and uh, in order for this business to operate successfully, you've got to break a few rules or two. You know, just little ones. I, I want to tell you that is not from God. You might just like, yeah, but I can learn lots of money. And imagine the money I could put in the offering just for the sake of breaking a few. No, no, it's not from God. You can just put that thought. You don't have to pray about it if it doesn't line up with the Word of God. When somebody um, undercharges you and you buy something and they give you extra money and you know that actually they've given me extra change, you don't have to pray about whether you should keep it. It's not a blessing from God to you. It's a mistake someone's made. And we have an opportunity to, to point that out and to rescue them and bless them so they don't get in trouble at the end of the day when their till doesn't line up. You don't have to pray about that stuff. Oh, should I keep this? No, it's not yours. If someone leaves a handbag on the chair and they walk off and you walk and take the seat, wow, it must be a blessing from God. No, it's not your handbag. You don't have to pray about this stuff. Just return it to somebody that it can get back into the right hands. I think sometimes we pray way too long on things we don't need to pray any time for because the Word of God tells us what we should do in those moments. So if someone is wanting you to get into business, and it involves breaking a few laws or avoiding a few taxes or, or those kinds of things, you know what? I think we already know the answer. You don't have to pray about that. Very quiet. It's like, oh, really? Yes, really. If God told you to rob a bank, it's not the God we're worshipping tonight. It might be another God, but it ain't the God we're worshipping tonight. If, if, if God told you to sleep with someone and have intimate relations with someone who's not your husband or wife, it's not from God. The Bible's very clear about a lot of things. It's very clear about a lot of things. You know, I'm going to pray whether I should forgive that person. You don't have to pray whether you should forgive. 
You already know you should. What you need to pray for is strength in order to be able to do it. You don't have to pray, should I forgive that person? The Bible tells us exactly what we should do. The Bible actually said we should love our enemies and not just forgive them, just love them. Now again, it's pretty clear, it's hard to do. But we don't have to pray whether we should love them, whether we should forgive them. What we need to be praying for is strength to be able to put the Word of God into practice. That's where our prayer should be going. Are you with me today? So if it doesn't agree with the Word of God, it's not God speaking. Paul, the author of much of the New Testament, said this, if, if an angel from heaven were to say something different than what I'm telling you right now, let that angel be eternally condemned. It's not an angel from heaven. You want to hear the voice of God? Read the Bible. Make the Word of God a priority in your life. I can't state this enough. You really want to hear the voice of God? Get in that daily pattern of reading His Word. I love it that James and John, it says, at the time they, when they went to pray, they went to the temple. In other words, they had a time and they had a place. Every one of us should have a time and a place. I'm a morning person, so my time and place is uh, early in the morning and it's in my lounge room and that's where I pick up the Bible and I read it. It's the first thing I do every morning. And I don't do that because I'm a pastor. I, I do that because I'm a Christian. And I thank God that this discipline is a discipline that I see outworked in my kids. And I, and I thank God for that. Because if you want to hear the voice of God, the first thing you need to do is make sure you're reading the Word of God on a regular basis. I remember way back in 19, uh, 2016 when we had a bit of a tough year as a church. And uh, personally, I had a bit of a tough year. But uh, what, what I'm really proud of, I'm proud of many people who call Victory Home during that season. But uh, my daughter, Jordan, was doing year 12 in that season. And uh, I'm just so proud of her for many reasons. She was holding down a part-time job. She was uh, dating a young man by the name of Nathaniel. So negotiating this new relational season that she was in. She uh, was um, serving on the youth team. She came to church on a regular basis. Uh, her mum and dad had had some tough times of it because mum had a cancer scare and, and I had a blood infection and, and their youth pastor uh, had passed away in the January and she was doing year 12. Now, if there ever a year that you'd be excused from getting out of your daily disciplines, it would be that year. But what blessed me about what Geordie did that year was her patterns in the morning never changed. Very early in the morning, about 5, 5.30, 6 o'clock, she'd find herself on the treadmill, just walking and worshipping God, reading her Bible. And I'm so proud of her for that, because that tells me that she's hungry to hear the Word of God. You want to hear the voice of God? Make sure you get the Word of God into your spirit and into your heart, because it will save you a lot of hours of prayer, because you already know the answers when you know His Word. Number two, does it make you more like Christ? We're talking about, have we heard the voice of God? Well, a good question to ask is, number two, does it make me more like Christ? See, God wants you to become more like Jesus. The goal of Christianity is to become more like Him. He's the standard. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the goal of our faith. 
You know, I don't mind people that come to church because they, they see a young man or a young woman that they kind of are really attracted to and that's what got them into church. I, I don't mind that. Uh, I can live with that. Uh, if there was some other ulterior motive as to why you came or there's some ulterior motive as to why you're here tonight, we welcome you. I'm just glad you're here. I've got no problem with that whatsoever. But if that remains the goal, there's something that we are Sadly, misunderstanding when it comes to New Testament Christianity. God's desire is that we become more like Christ. And our desire as Christians is that we should become more like Christ. And we should desire to be more like Christ. And if we have an idea or a thought that doesn't make us more like Christ, then it's not the voice of God that we are hearing. In James chapter 3, verse 14, it says, if you, harbor bitter, uh, if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual and demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you'll find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, Submissive, full of mercy and good fruit. It's impartial and sincere. You want to hear the voice of God? And you go to someone and you're talking about something and they're encouraging you. You know what? Every now and then, something's going to irk you. Something's going to annoy you. Something's going to just downright tick you off. Am I talking to the right people? And if you find yourself in that place talking to someone, it's, oh man, I can't stand that guy. And that person you're talking to says, yeah, me either. I want to tell you, everything from then on is downhill and it's not God. It's not God. In actual fact, the difference between going to someone for help and gossip is can that person help you? If that person can't help you and is only going to hold you in a place of bitterness, they are not the person that can help you and it's nothing more than gossip. And gossip is not from God. Gossip is in that list in Romans chapter 1 of the things that does not please God. And so we need to be pure and sincere. We need to be peace-loving and caring. Now, I'm a realist. I realise that not in every situation, you don't always get the peace you desire. But the Bible says, as much as it's up to us, let's live at peace with everyone. And so if you go to someone and try to make peace and they don't want to make peace and they just want to make trouble, that's fine. But you know you've done your best. So as much as it's up to you, you've got to live at peace with everyone. And you can hold your head and say, wow, that's what Jesus would do. You know, I believe, and that's why I shared this morning, one of the reasons that we give is because giving makes us more like God. You know, I know when it comes to giving, particularly of our finances, people get really cynical and sceptical when it comes to the church and finances. But the reality is, church, if you want to be more like Jesus, we're going to give. If we're going to be more like Jesus, we're going to forgive. If we're going to be more like Jesus, we're going to have the right godly conversations. And if someone comes to me and asks for help and I can't help him, I'm not going to just make something up and get caught up in the trap of just talking about people in a negative light, I want to point them to someone who can actually help them. Because this is what I believe makes me or you more like Jesus. And I think it's something that we can really measure when it comes to, do we truly hear 
the voice of God. Our actions will speak louder sometimes than our words. I mean, when it comes to our legacy, for us to be praying, this, this is what I do know. God wants to build His church. Can we agree on that? Do we, do we believe that we want, God wants to see His kingdom established here on planet Earth? Do we believe that He's going to do it through a vacuum or through people? He's going to use us. He's going to use our time, our talents and our treasures. Well, if that's what He wants and that's how He's going to do it, then I can guarantee God is wanting to speak to you about how you can give. And for, for, for you to say, oh, God's not wanting me to do or give or be part of this at all, I would find really difficult to believe that that's truly the voice of God. And I say this not out of manipulation. I say this out of the fact that I know God wants His kingdom built. I know He wants to use us to do it. So surely He's going to speak to us about it. And I realise the amounts that He's asking of us and the involvement that He's asking of us will vary from person to person. But nonetheless, all of us should be involved. All of us should be actively involved in some way, shape, form or another. Are you with me tonight? Number three, as the band come back up, that'd be fantastic. Does my church family confirm this? Remember we're talking about seven tests, seven good questions to ask ourselves as to whether we've truly heard the voice of God or not. Looking at three tonight, we're going to look at four next week as the team unpack those four things. But number three tonight is this. Does my church family confirm this? You see, we were not meant to live alone. When God created Adam, the very first human being on the planet, He said it's not good that they be alone. He's placed us in community. How's this? In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10, it says, His intent was that now through the church, everyone say church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly realms. If we've truly heard the voice of God, there should be a measure of confirmation. There should be a measure of confidence that comes from mature believers. As the leader of this church, I believe God speaks to me about the things of this church. He doesn't speak to everyone the same way. It's part of the mandate and the position that God has put me in. But I also realise that I have blind spots. And I thank God that this church is in relationship with other apostolic leaders that can confirm or deny, agree or disagree with some of the things I feel that God has placed in my heart. And I'm so grateful to the men and women God has placed in my life. Not just anybody, but certain people with certain gifts that can help me in the area of my blind spots. I believe that no person is an island. And again, I believe that God might speak to you and He may not speak to somebody else. That does happen. But I do believe it is truly the voice of God. Those people that know you, love you. Those people that mature and those people that are over you in the Lord should be able to come alongside and say, hey, that feels right to me. I mentioned that before this church was planted, me and my brother Pete were praying for two years every morning. And it was my pastor who came to me. It was my pastor who asked me about my future. And in discussing my future, 
And I was very vague because I didn't have a lot of specifics about my future. I just loved God. I just wanted more of God. And I kept saying that over and over again. I said, like, I don't really know what I want, but I do love God. And I, I just want to be used more than I've ever been used before. And I don't know what that looks like, but I'm open. Any ideas, Pastor? And it was our pastor, who was an older man than me, who'd been doing what I'm doing now, but he'd been doing it many more years than I had back then. And he said, well, I, I don't know how this sounds. But he put on the table this thought of starting a church. That was not my idea. It wasn't even my desire. It wasn't even my dream. But church, I can categorically tell you, I knew like I knew like I knew in that moment that that was my next season. And I didn't even have to pray about it because I believe that was the answer to prayer because it came out of the mouth of someone who was older, wiser and trusted in my life. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful. Who are the people in your world? You know, this church is a great church, but for it to be of greater effect in our lives, we have small groups and we, and we would love every person to be involved in, in a small group so that you're not doing life alone, so that you can bounce ideas and bounce thoughts off people so that we can make sure that we are truly hearing the voice of God and not just, you know, feeling something getting our emotions confused with what is truly the Word of God. I'll be honest with you, some of my thoughts and some of my feelings kind of have felt similar to when I've genuinely heard the Word of God. And I'm grateful for the men and women that He's placed in my life to help me bounce off some of those ideas. Can I just say this when it comes to hearing the Word of God? When you go to someone who is that older, wiser, mature person in your life, can, can we avoid using this language? God said. Because you know, God said is, is that language that makes it impossible for anyone to speak into. It's like a trump card. It's like, you know, God said. And I, I, I'll be honest with you, as a pastor, when someone says to me, God says, I said, okay, I'm not going to argue with what God said. I won't even speak into it. Because just by very nature, you trying to trump me with God said, it's saying you're not really open to the possibility it may not be God. I've heard God lots, but when I speak to people in my world, when I speak to Pastor Danny and Pastor Paul and other people like that in my world, I'll say, hey, look, I've been thinking. I've been feeling for some time. And I'd love to know from you what you think, because you know me, and you know the season we're in as a church. And over the 25 years we've led this church, Cass on the front row, she can verify this. I've never gone with an absolute, God said. I always give an opportunity for people to speak into my world. And it's been one of the biggest safety nets in my life. Those who've been involved in this church for many years would know different uh, seasons where we've raised money for different things like this building and different uh, challenges that we've had and, and different seasons that we've ended in, into. As I felt that God is saying something, I've said, hey God, I feel like God is saying I've spoken it out with and we feel like God is saying it leaves room for my humanity. It leaves room that I, I could be wrong. 
It leaves room for me to ask, hey church, you know when I said last year this, you know what? I think my heart was pure, but I don't know if I got it right. And I've had to have a few of those moments in my life, but thank God they've been minimized because of some of these tests that we've put in place before that. This is just three tonight, and I think they're a big three. And I didn't want to rush through all seven and miss them. I'd rather just sit in these things because I sense there's a hunger to truly hear the voice of God. But here's the cool thing. If it's God, you don't have to fight for that word. It'll pass all of those tests. I'm doing far more than I ever thought I would do. God has opened more doors than I ever thought He would. As I've just let Him speak and have His word confirmed again and again and again and again. I've received numerous prophetic words in my lifetime, but I've probably received about five truly directional words. I think a lot of prophetic words are more just encouragement than anything. And, and man, we all need encouragement. I don't mean to belittle those words, but I'm talking about the directional ones, the big ones. You know what I've learned to do with those words? I've learned to not ignore them. I've learned to hold on to them. I've learned to submit them and then I've learned to put them on the shelf. When you have a prophetic word and then you try and make it happen, it might be the Word of God, but there's a thing called the timing of God's Word. And sometimes we get so excited about the prophetic word, we actually want to make it happen sooner than it should. And Kath can verify some of the timings of God's Word in my life. And I'll never forget, before we even planned the church, just this man came into our life. And uh, I was at a conference and uh, got to meet him over dinner. And uh, he was saying he was going to stay. He's got to book a hotel. I said, don't book a hotel. Come stay with us. I'm inviting a complete stranger into our home. But, but I sensed there was enough of a connection. And so it was our very first home we bought. We didn't have kids back then. Hadn't started the church back then. Hadn't desired to start a church back then. And... He was with us for the whole weekend. We just got to know him a little bit. And on the last night, he was there. He's standing in front of the heater. I'll never forget it. It was a, it was a July time. He's standing in front of the heater doing this the whole time. He said, hey, look, ever since I met you, I felt God give me a word, but I've sat on it. But I'm about to leave. He lived in uh, Victoria. And I just wanted to share this word with you. And he started talking about things in our lives. Leading a church, being part of an apostolic team. And honestly, the word apostolic back then I'd never even heard of and Kath and I are looking at each other like using language we hadn't even heard before but there was an excitement I, I sense now I think there's some of God in it and he left and I've never seen him since never laid eyes on that guy again his name was Steve never seen him since And I remember many years later, when we're leading a church, part of an apostolic team called New Covenant Ministries International. Many years later, I'm, I'm talking like 10 years later. I said to Kath, just joined me, I was walking one day and praying to God about something. And God just dropped in my heart, that word. Said, oh my goodness, I'm living in what He said. It came to pass, but I didn't go chasing it. I didn't go making it happen. It happened many years later, but I didn't forget it. But I didn't go chasing it either. Because it's one thing to hear God's voice. It's another thing to get His timing right. Will you stand with me tonight?
Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 